Clay, I'm going to open this episode of our podcast asking you a trivia question. What's Boimler's first name? Uh, Bradward. Bradward. Did you learn that this episode as well, or did you? would you have known that if I'd have asked you last time we recorded about this? No, I think I knew that. Okay. I thought his name was like... Yeah. I didn't think it was Bradward. I thought it was like Bradley or something. I, I was struck when they said Bradward. I was like, are they making fun of his name or is that his actual name? But his name is Bradward, I guess. Bradward yeah. Boimler. I remembered it because it is a very strange name. It's not yeah. Bradford. It's Bradward. <laughs> no, or Bradley or anything Bradley, like that. Yeah. It's Bradward. Bradward Boimler. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't have anything else trivia related, but I'm glad you got that. Can you get, can you get all of their names? Um, <clears throat> uh, Bradward Boimler, Beckett Mariner. Uh, I can't do Tendy and Rutherford. They they said Tendy says Rutherford's name in yes. one of these episodes, but I w- I I didn't hear it. Can I actually? Where's the cast list? There it is. Does it say? It does. So it's Sam Rutherford, which is less strange than I remember it being. I yeah. thought it was a weirder name. So did I. And Tendi is Devana. Devana Tendi. Devana. Yes. Beckett also says that in one of these episodes as well. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, we're going to be talking about two episodes of Lower Decks as we do, as we want to do. We're going to be talking about An Embarrassment of Duplers, the first one. It's the fifth episode of the second season of Lower Decks. It came out on September 9th, 2021. Written by David Ilenfeld, I guess, and David Wright. Directed by Kim Arndt. In-universe date is 58053.92381. In this one, Mariner and Boimler try to track down the location of a legendary Pokemon, a Starfleet party, while a bridge crew deals with an insecure alien diplomat. The next one is called... Legendary Pokemon? I I inserted Pokemon into that. That was a joke. The second one is The Spy Humongous which is the sixth episode of the second season of the Lower Decks. came out on September 16th, 2021. Written by John Cochran, Survivor Champion, and directed by Bob Suarez. And University 58105.12381. And this one, written by Survivor Champion John Cochran. Anomaly Consolidation Day on the USS Cerritos leaves the Lower Deckers with mixed emotions. Captain Freeman attempts to negotiate peace on the Packlet homeworld. Cochran was one of my... Did you ever watch Survivor? Cochran was my favorite champion of Survivor, actually. I did not. I never, never watched. I've never watched a single episode of Survivor. Survivor's... In all yeah, Survivor. 30-something seasons they have. Yeah. More than that at this point. It's very good. He was a very... Uh, he's a very nerdy guy, but he managed to win this competition, which relies a great deal on uh, athletic prowess and things like that. But he, he, he played an excellent political game. Anyway, embarrassment of duplers and a spy humongous... General thoughts about these ones? Do you want to lead this off? Sure. Um, I thought they were pretty good. I uh, I liked... I think the second one was probably a little bit more well-rounded as as story. I think it's still... It's still in this weird... I mean, it's just the way that they do the show where it's they have three plots that are running instead of two plots that are running. And I feel like there's always one of the plots is a little bit lagging behind. Um, in the second episode, I felt like the stuff on the Packlid planet was a little bit, you know, whatever, but the other two, uh, stories I thought were pretty good. Um, and the first one, was there only really two story? I, well, I guess there's technically three stories. If yeah, there's, there's three stories running in the first one. I didn't think the first one was really breaking any new ground. Um, 
but I think it ends with enough heart that I enjoyed it. Mm. And I, I, I don't think I've ever not enjoyed a, a Richard Kind performance. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's underutilized I, I, I in this him. one. I would say he's not. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know how I felt about these two. I, I get. I, I thought they were fine. I guess I didn't find either of them particularly funny at all, which was kind of a problem. Yeah, they had. I I think they, I they had their moments. I think they kind of. I I felt like both of them dialed back on the rapid fire referencing quite a bit. Um, or maybe I just wasn't getting them. I don't know. But yeah, it felt like I, uh, <clears throat> yeah. I thought the second one was fairly reference heavy uh, the arm it ends with yeah. the armist joke and stuff like that um a lot That's of it's true. hidden I get, yeah yeah i like I, if all of that stuff that they were looking all those like things they were going to throw away or if those were all references i i didn't get them but uh, yeah I, uh, I, don't, I don't think they i don't think they were kyle on discord mentioned that they seem more generic sci-fi tropey stuff yeah, than anything yeah. that's star trekky which has been kind of a trend of the show recently yeah but uh yeah i, I didn't find that stuff distracting even when they were doing it um the the dune buggy chase was a little whatever for me um but i i did enjoy the uh data uh bubble bath situation yeah, his, his bubble bath uh, bottles is are, are the duplers is that a new invention for this show i, I assume it so. is right yeah 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 yeah, I, I um, yeah it uh, seemed it seemed like it was uh <clears throat> it was very much like a tribbles situation yes um, with with people yeah it's yeah voiced by richard kind obviously it's mm. I, I think that like i think one thing I, I think that one reason that i don't jive super hard with the show besides the fact that i didn't think that these two were particularly funny is that mm. i don't um Like, is there a, I was trying to think of a way to relate this. Like, is there a stand-up comedian that you like that you don't think is particularly clever? You know what I mean? Like, is there a, is there a comedian that you would say, this is a great comedian, but you're not like, these are very clever jokes that he's telling. It's just kind of like a. I have no idea. Like, I, I, I think that my problem with this like to make it more of like a Rick and Morty analogy is like, I don't find their humor particularly clever and I I don't find it Mm -hmm. like a, I'm not like, wow, that's a really interesting or funny thing that they chose to do with a Star Trek trope. And I feel like the duplers were a good example of that, which is that like, there's this kind of core of an idea about it's impossible to placate a very neurotic person like no matter what you do the neurotic person is going to be neurotic and in this sci-fi mm-hmm. trope they just double at that point like it causes a problem that way but like i thought that for a character actor like richard kind to come in mm-hmm. i was expecting more oh like better jokes along those lines really like it just never struck me as like oh this is like a really thoughtful funny idea that's going on it's just the concept is if he gets upset he doubles and Mm -hmm. the joke is that everything gets him upset and he doubles all the time but i never felt like it moved to this next level which is like either some kind of um commentary on something or it's a clever trick that happens or it's something kind of like the 
it, it spirals into a way that you're not really anticipating that the joke is going to go. It just kind of goes along that path. And I, I feel that a lot of Lower Decks humor is like that. It's I don't walk away going, oh, I never would have thought of that with how, and how they tied a Star Trek thing into a joke. Like, it's all kind of like, yeah, okay, like, that, that that does that that does that does does that and it leaves me feeling just um i don't really ever sink into the episode because i'm never on the edge of my seat going how is this going to break down really and i sure. I, I i find myself just going like okay yep yep okay there we go there we go and it's not a great criticism of it and but it's just it's something that the show does it just never i can't i i was trying to think of what the highest level joke that they've done is so far and i'm not sure what it would be nothing really pops off the top of my head like that like almost i would have said last season for the second episode here inverting the pack leads, making the pack leads like this incredible threat even though they're the idiots from the tng stuff that was kind of clever but in the second one they they seem to be continuing the pack leads are going to be like the villains of this series and i don't know if that humor works any longer than mm-hmm. one episode of an appearance you know yeah yeah i don't have any history with the packlids outside of the show so i don't really mm. know but the uh, um as far as the way they portray them in this this episode yeah it would be in, i it seems like they've only got like one kind of thing that they do with them um well, they were idiots two, in the tng like in, in the tng episode they're just idiots that's their that's their characteristic as a species so it was kind of cute to make them be a great threat in the first season but mm-hmm. here you know, it's typical like dumb person. He was like, I, like it's like off the the king is dead. Long live the king! When that guy knocks down the other guy and takes his crown and is like, I'm the leader now. It's it's that kind of like stupid humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually um, I I like the character work in these two more than I think. I thought they were super funny, and I think what this show does well is that I think there's enough. I think they're good enough writers to uh, boost that stuff up when maybe the the, the laughs aren't coming a, a mile a minute. Yeah. Because um, like I thought the story with with uh, Boimler and, and Mariner in the first episode was nice, and I thought the story with Tendy and Rutherford was nice. Um, and in the second one, I thought the the story that they were doing with uh, again with Boimler splitting off and and going with the red shirts and the uh, 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 Tendy trying to get the group together to do this menial task. I thought I thought that stuff was was all was all good. I like that stuff. I think I think the problem is is just that they they have so much going on. <clears throat> like they have three stories. So like I said, one's always going to get short shrift. Mm-hmm. And so in the first episode, you lose time that you could spend with richard kind because he's just kind of there for a one-note joke yeah um and uh uh so that one ends up getting pushed to the to the background as just sort of like the catalyst for everything else that's going on yeah it's true i in, in the first one i would have spent more time with the the dupler character because I liked the opening scene where the they're all eating dinner with him and they're, they're very anxious not to upset him because it'll cause something to happen. I feel mm-hmm. you can mind that a little bit. Like, I feel there's comedy in that of not upsetting this alien because something is going to happen. It's kind of a triples, triple spin, but it's like less of a, uh, a gremlin's take on triples and more of like a social dinner party type situation. Mm-hmm. But they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't stick with it. I mean, a lot of people complain that the... the 
pace and the jokes are kind of rapid fire. I, I think that my biggest problem with the multitude of plots and the pace of everything is that it 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 does kind of wash over me in a sense. Like I, I, I never feel because they don't settle on jokes or they don't sit with a joke for very long. I kind of watch it just going like, all right, when are they going to get to the the beat, the plot beat or whatever that matters that is going to be the key of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of it, I feel, just passes me by because I don't think that they're sitting with the comedy enough. I don't know. It might just have been these two episodes, but I yeah, I feel I feel there's space to exist. Maybe, and it might be personal preference because I enjoy comedies that generally sit with situations uh, over ones that are kind of like joke minute type stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It might just be personal preference. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that they could benefit from, and I think we've we've talked about this before, is there's there isn't a lot of times that second gear that these jokes move into. Like if you've got the Dupler joke, and that's just the joke. That's it. That's the joke that runs through the whole episode. You've got the uh, um, uh, Rutherford trying to figure out how how uh Shrax died and that's yep. just that's just the that's the whole joke you yep. know it it never clicks into a second gear <clears throat> all the, like if if a joke has a three act structure it always feels like these jokes only have two acts yeah um they never have that third that third turn uh at least for these longer ones cuz i mean a lot of the like passing jokes are they're fine they're whatever but these jokes that they're kind of hinging plot lines on yeah Nar- a lot of times don't jokes. have yeah yeah i will say I think the narrative joke in uh, the second episode here, the uh, spy humongous, actually does have a have a, a nice turn to it. Where after all is said and done, arguing it or or uh, uh, with Boimler deciding to not be part of the red shirt crew, when the dude finally gets the acting captain's job he's there for 30 seconds and then Shrax tells him to go yeah. clean up some puke or something yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of thing that i think is missing in some of these jokes yeah i also like the spy among us one just um boimler knowing how to cause tendy to laugh or whatever the hell he's trying to yeah. do like yeah. I, I thought it was cute enough that's that's kind of a funny um a funny less serious lower decks thing um yeah the, the i really liked uh I really liked when 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 there was the crisis started. All of the red shirts started doing a monologue at the same time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, and I, I, now it's just reminding me of all the references, like uh, his little uh, acting like Riker thing, where he sits like Riker mm-hmm. in the chair and stuff like that. It's it's it's, it's got all that kind of um, stuff in the second episode. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I I sort of like I'm 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 always scared of these. Not scared, but I'm always reticent about these podcasts because I still have a hard time figuring out what to talk about with lower decks. Really, like sure. I I don't sure. know what there is. Like the the other Star Treks are the the other new modern shows are like fuck ups enough where we talk for an hour about all the things that have gone wrong. Sure. And Lower Decks, I'm kind of wondering if Lower Decks is even a show that I'm super interested in, really. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't know if it has the legs, and the second season hasn't improved enough to make it feel like it wasn't something that was just kind of a mini series special event thing that they wanted to do. 
Um, because as you were saying, even though I've been complaining about the character work and the lack of it leading up to this, these episodes do have character work in it, but yeah, it still doesn't, it still doesn't hit me in the way that other better animated shows do this stuff, I think. And sure. I actually feel like, oh, this is kind of cute or heartwarming, or I feel like the characters actually exist in a real place. I don't know. This, it, it, this one just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't ever get there for me, which is too bad. Yeah. I'm just, I think, yeah. It's um, it's it's interesting because for a show that is kind of like stretching the boundaries of what you can get away with in a in a Star Trek show, um, they kind of are hampered by the fact that so this is like a <clears throat> the pedigree of the show is Rick and Morty, right? Like the 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 creative team and, and even the animation is kind of similar. Yeah, um, and the, a lot of the jokes are similar, and like it has the same kind of structure or feel to a lot of those Rick and Morty episodes where same energy is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you've got these writers who do have, uh, do have the ability to write these characters that with moments of, of like that are heartwarming and show real character. The problem is Rick and Morty is not, uh, there's no restrictions from Rick and Morty go just like, plumbing the depths of how awful or great a person can be mm-hmm. and like they they have their best episodes when they just like pull the rug out right from under all of the characters and i think this show is not in in the structure in the framework of star trek you don't really have the ability to do that yeah and i i don't know if i'd want them to to a certain extent because like do yeah. i really want to watch an ep- a star trek show where everybody's just awful and like secretly hates their life, you know, like on Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty occupies a very specific space. Yeah. Or this Um, would just be accused of being a Rick and Morty ripoff, really. At that at that point it is a it's a themed Rick and Morty show. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think there's I think there's probably what you're seeing is is the the limitations of that kind of style in the Star Trek uh framework because i i do like i do like the characters a lot i think they do a lot of fun stuff with it but yeah i i I would agree that there's there's always something kind of missing from making making the stories really land in a in a really good way but that being said i do enjoy the show i think it's i think it's a good time it's a good half hour star trek comedy yeah it sounds it sounds like you like it more than i do i guess my question is we, we always talked about like um discovery if discovery was not themed Star Trek, right? If it was an independent IP show, you'd be like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. watch the show after the first couple episodes. But the reason we continued to watch it was because it was a Star Trek. It's the theme of the podcast and everything. If this was not themed Star Trek, would you think more or less of the show? Um, <clears throat> I think it's almost the opposite for me. Like if this was not a Star Trek show, I'd be like, well, I don't know if it's the opposite, but I, I wouldn't. I think I put a lot of stock in the fact that this is Star Trek, and I think that this would take possibly an even worse dive, quality-wise, if it was not Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like Discovery. Yeah. If I took it away, I'd be like, this is just a terrible TV show. But if they stripped away the Star Trek aspect, mm-hmm. including like the references that they can make in this show, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this isn't a very good show, really. This is not a very funny show. Yeah, I. Th- well, I think I think what you're doing there though is then you would be 
you would be taking away sort of the framework limitations that, I, that I'm talking about. And so I think there would be more potential for it to be a, a different, better show. Okay. But if it was just a one-to-one, then yeah, it's, it, I mean, you're, you're, you're coming for the brand and for the jokes being made inside the framework of the brand. So if you take right. that away, then yeah, it's not going to be great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, well, I think you're right. I, I think that the Star Trek... I, I guess it's that that saying of like w- the breadth of an ocean and the depth of a puddle. Really, it's like Star mm-hmm. Trek has all these references that they can make, but once you make the initial joke, it's it's much harder work for the show to take that somewhere and do something with sure. it. Like you sure. can make a reference and you can kind of poke fun at the way the Klingons look, or you can make fun of the pack leads, or you can make fun of oh, we always do this thing with the tricorder. But once they make the obvious joke or the first layer of the onion gets peeled away it's not a show that's like how can you break this even further how can you how can you really take the concept of a transporter and make it into a the basis of an episode that is both funny and kind of like oh that's kind of cute that they spun it like that on on a star trek show it's Mm -hmm. much happier to just make the quick joke about the transporter and then run off in a new direction which is in a lot of ways it's like it's it's um familial relationship to the other new modern Trek shows is is found there for me. It's the fact that it's like it's not going to sit with something. It's going to breakneck pace, go through all this stuff as fast as we can. And I think that it's, well, that's always damaging for the discovering the Picard shows. I think that Lower Decks, it suffers from the the humor never becomes clever to me to get back to that point. It, sure. it just, it never... Yeah. It never builds or cascades. It never the plot lines don't interconnect hardly ever. You know, there's no, there's none of that great comedy writing that you see that things are like okay, yeah. this is all gonna build to a point that Seinfeld did and Arrested Development would do all the time and stuff like that. That this doesn't have that because it's too fast and the the lines can't intersect with each other. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I do think it's it's a little bit unfair to compare. Star Trek Lower Decks to two of the greatest sitcom comedies of all time. They are. It is. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're after very different things, you know? Like, it, like this is very much a franchise show. And I and the... I think... I, I think they do a decent job of taking certain elements and building stories out of them. But, yeah, I do think they are... They do shuffle through a lot of stuff very quickly. Um you know cuz like every every for every four or five throwaway jokes you get you get the transporter joke from when they split boimler in half which is actually yeah. pretty good yeah yeah um <clears throat> so it's yeah it's just a it, it's it's just like it tends to be a shotgun blast full of full of uh references and how do I I don't want that to sound super uh uh derogatory but like <clears throat> It's a shotgun blast full of references, and some of them strike harder than others. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I, it's they're making they're making a lot of references, they're making a lot of jokes, but some of them end up being a little bit more fleshed out than others. And it's just, I think, down to the just because of the pace of the show that they move yeah. so quickly through everything. I mean, I, I really liked the second chances <laughs> joke, but I, I guess my criticism would be that it felt like it got to a point where the joke was made to allow Boimler to escape and go back to the normal show. You know, like they, they sure. cloned him and that was the reference. And it's it's one of those sad things because TNG, like 
the TNG episode mines that concept for the whole 45 minutes, you know? And I, sure. I feel that yeah. Lower Decks, I'd almost prefer if they did some kind of like comedic parody of entire episodes. If they took a concept of a TNG yeah. episode and like, and sure. really sat with it for a little bit and were like, Second Chances was a really profound meditation on like what your life would be like if you got the chance to live it over again. What if the comedic version of that is just like, hell no, I don't want to do it. Have this ever again or something, right? right. And I, I, that's kind of what I would. I just want, I just want that depth. I know I keep repeating myself, but it's like I, I just feel that that would make the show kind of special and more thought provoking in comedic sense. Like there's, there's just situations that I think could be dug out a little bit deeper. But that's not, that's not what this one, these one, the ones are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even do it as a one-off, you know? You don't have to do every single episode. Just do one episode that is a inner light well, parody or something like that. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that they haven't done that at all. And, I mean, maybe it's just because, you know, you get, you've get it's only into season two and they haven't run out of the original, yeah, original idea. Uh, structure. Yeah. But, uh, but like, I, I mean, my favorite episode of the first season was the one that was, like, pretty much straight up a parody of... Uh, the if I remember correctly, like it, it was a parody of kind of like the way the movies are structured, where everything was like had a much more grander feel to it. And the music was more more. I, I don't remember exactly what the story. It was it was I think the. I don't think it was the season finale, but I think it was like the second to last one yeah, or something tw- like that. Where it's yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a straight story lift parody, but there was the theme of what they were the jokes they were doing were was a lot more. Uh, concise and yep. and related um and yeah i think i think the show benefits from from doing that kind of stuff <clears throat> and yeah I'm, i am a little surprised that they haven't done more stuff like that um yeah i don't maybe maybe they maybe they feel like they haven't gotten it to a place where they can do that consistently or what i don't know yeah it might just not be the pedigree of the writing staff, you know, as you were saying, they, they come from a lineage of this is how comedy is written for the animation uh, sector. Um, it's definitely harder to slow it down. It's harder to mm. animation te- seems to lend itself to quickness in, in its joke yeah. structure. Well, I think what's kind of ironic about it is that Rick and Morty very is very good at that stuff. Like mm-hmm. they will take a singular concept and ex- just expand that out into a into an, an episode and, and really mine the depths of of a uh, uh, of a concept or a send up of a of an existing sci fi trope or something. Yeah. They're really good at that. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this hasn't really done that, um, which is too bad because I, I do think that that there is a lot of material there. Uh, to do so. Although I do really enjoy prank calls to the muck monster who killed <laughs> Tasha as well. So, yeah. What's a what's a middling animated comedy show? Because you said that I was comparing it to two good sitcoms. So what's what's a middling animated show? I was trying to think of one. I can't think of any that's like thoroughly average. Um, I don't watch a ton of them anymore. Uh, well, everyone I think of seems to be good. It's like South Park, Simpsons, yeah, Family Guy was well. Good for Simpsons, a while. Simpsons is now a, a very now average cartoon show, yes. <laughs> and I haven't seen it, so I, I can't tell. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I the the few times recently I've watched Family Guy, I felt it was kind of down the middle. Mm. 
American Dad never clicked with me. I think oh, yeah, that sure. felt maybe very Amer- middling. Maybe American Dad's a good one. The Cleveland yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess I don't watch many of them, so it's difficult to compare. That's the problem with all the modern Star Treks, though, is that I, I yeah, it's like I don't. I don't watch enough TV to be like familiar with what middling TV is because I wait for the critical consensus to be like, watch this show because it's worth your time. Right. And then I watch right. it. So I don't yeah. sit there watching NCIS and being like, this is incredibly yeah. average television. Man, I'll tell you though, like I still, I can't get over that Picard trailer, how much it felt like it was a trailer for the next season of NCIS. Like yeah. it has the exact same feel to it. Yeah. Like if, you know, like if you Camera watch. dollies under cars. <clears throat> Yeah, if you watch stuff, uh, uh, Fox shows from like the mid '90s, they all have the exact same look to them. Like yep. The camera work is exactly the same. You can just tell when you're watching a Fox show, and I feel like it. You can tell when you're watching a CBS show. Yeah, and um, Discovery avoids it for the most part because it takes place in space. Mostly, <laughs> it's a it's a thousand uh, years in the other direction yeah. from, uh, yes. from yeah, two thousand, <laughs> but. You know, as soon as you send Picard to the 21st century, it just looks like, well, <laughs> here comes David Caruso, you know? Yeah. Yep. Is, uh, did I, was in the first, in the Dupler episode, when they're driving through the space station, was the guy in the Christopher Pike chair supposed to be Alex Kurtman? Yeah, it's Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Yeah. Is there a joke there or is it just a, hey, that's that's him? I think it's just a... I think it's just a, this is his picture. I don't, um, yeah. I saw some people saying that it was kind of a, a dig at him, but I don't see that. This is not like early Simpsons making fun of Fox type stuff. Right. It's not, right. it's not South Park making fun of Comedy Central or anything. It's, um, just seems like it's an homage to have him in there. Um, what was the, the other episode we thought was making, kind of making fun of the modern, uh, the Boy oh, one where he gets the, he's on the Titan yeah. is making fun of the way Star Trek is. I'm still not convinced that's what's happening. Um, I think that the way that I want that to be is maybe feeding into the way that I'm viewing that humor. I don't I don't think mm-hmm. the show is as cynical as that. Um, but that is supposed to be well, Kurtzman. Looks like him anyway. Part part of me hopes kind of hopes that with all of the other stuff that's going on lower decks is kind of like the show that nobody's paying attention to what they're doing based on our youtube views that's exactly what it is (laughs) i i feel that no one's watching it this year yeah i mean i mean from like a uh production standpoint Mm. where it's like Like it's the ds9 black sheep of the family no one cares about it so it can do what it wants yeah, they're focused on Discovery, and they got Strange New Worlds coming out, and they got to do season two of Picard, and then they got this Nickelodeon thing that's happening. So Lower Decks just kind of occupies its own little little nook, and nobody's really uh, paying too much attention to what they're doing. If they, I hope that's the case, and if it is, I hope they exploit yeah, it more. Yeah, I, I hope they start taking advantage of the fact that no one no one cares about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's what the, the, having that sort of uh, freedom of oversight i think would be uh uh, very beneficial to them yeah yeah i think i think just just based on um just our youtube numbers and podcast numbers which is not a metric of anything particularly but it's only a metric of itself um people are much less interested in lower decks than virtually every other show that we do um did we make a mistake should we be doing discovery probably if, of, if we, yeah. if, 
<laughs> if our if our eyes were on the bottom line, that would be the case. I think you would not cover lower decks, and you would yeah. um, you would cover the other shows. Yeah, I not interested in that. Like honestly, I don't. If lower decks is coming back for a third season, I don't know. Like, is it is it worth? I don't know if yeah. it's worth covering it. Really, it's not that. It's not a well, series see- that demands it. Seeing as we've been going for about 33 minutes and we kind of have run out of stuff to talk about and have already spent multiple minutes talking about whether or not we should talk about it at all. <laughs> and Picard. And the, and the Picard, and Picard yeah. <laughs> this, this is turning into an episode of Badass here. Do yeah. you have any stories about driving too fast through a school zone you want to talk about? I, I, <laughs> I would draw the Dupler duplicating scene. <laughs> Uh, because I could just copy paste, control V, control you know, V, control V. You know, I'll tell you, I've never been good at drawing interior hallways, sci-fi hallways, because there's so much stuff, and you know, you have to think about the perspective of all of it, right? Because right. they've all got like these shapes on the walls, and some of them are have the like uh, cut corners to make because futuristic. If you want to make something futuristic, cut the corners off it, turn it into a uh, octagon, yep. and then it immediately reads as futuristic for some reason. I know. And that stuff can get difficult if you have to map out the perspective. It's very hard. Clay, I, I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but I was doing 85 and a 30 the other day, and I hit a kid. I <laughs> yeah. killed him. He's dead. <laughs> Hopefully his parents don't listen to this podcast, but he's, he's fucking dead. I, I hit him real mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I actually have a hard time remembering... The plots that happen. I, I, I'm. If you, if people are watching my eyes on the YouTube video, I am clicking back and forth between the memory alpha entries to remind myself <laughs> what happens in the episodes. Um, you didn't like the pack leads in the second. I think we talked about the duplers enough, just because it was stupid. Like just because it, it didn't. I mean, I, get, I it's not that I didn't like them. I just thought that that was the storyline. The the on the planet anyway was the storyline that. I felt suffered the most because it was just sort of like, you know, it was the one joke where it was nobody, there's always somebody else in charge. And then when they get to the person who's in charge, they're all kind of idiots. And then a revolution starts. I don't know. It just, it just didn't really do anything for me. Um, I was shocked by how the ending joke of why don't you tell us what, what we did, you didn't steal or what, like the, 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 it was such an obvious turn. I was like, wow, I can't believe that that worked on them because it's yeah, like, yeah, it, that's the only way that joke could go. I was surprised that they wrapped it up with just, yeah, they lied to them about why don't you tell us what you stole from us so that we can know about it. And they're like, okay, here we go. This is the thing we did. It's like, wow, that was extremely predictable. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that going any other way. Yeah. I did like the button on the end of it though, where, after they leave, the emperor turns to the to the spy and says, "Congratulates him for defeating Janeway." Yeah, I that was, yeah. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah. like I, I was surprised they didn't do more with the guy on the ship. But at the same time, I also kind of enjoyed that he disappeared and then he ended up floating outside. Yeah, yeah, with a t shirt um, on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was it was fine. I was I was more interested in the in the stuff with the lower decks guys. Like I, I liked the the red shirt group. I thought they were kind of fun. I kept waiting for some sort of that was the duplicate. That was the du- I was like, I wish the red shirts had more. I wish there was more here because I think this is the best concept joke that they have in the entire episode. Yeah, that's I liked I liked them, but I kept waiting for the next gear of what the like the next story turn and whether it was they were going to have some sort of ulterior motive 
or if they were just setting up Boimler for some sort of fall or something. Like it was nice. It was it was nice that it was an excuse to uh, to show what Boimler is actually good at as far as relating to people. Yeah. But it seemed it seemed like they were missing something, some sort of motive or 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 ne- next secondary action, um, other than just no, they're just legitimately trying to figure out what the best way to become captains are. Yeah, captain. Yeah, because like it, it felt really suspicious right immediately. Yes. Like that always feels suspicious when it's like, yeah, why don't you come over here and join this group and tell us all about Riker? Like it seems like they're setting you up for something. Yes. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I I did like the end of that one though. I did like the end of that story. Like I said, uh, the ending joke of the guy on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. The the last couple jokes, like where they all come in and they all start spouting off inspirational monologues, and then the joke of him being on the bridge. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I wish I wish there was something a little bit more in in that in that story. Yeah, just <clears> from their from their end anyway. A structure level. I liked the. I liked the introduction to them because I felt that they got rid of all the obvious jokes they sort of burned through them and i was like oh they're going to do something with this now because it is yeah. obvious but i did like the joke of like they're like we're the red shirts we're invincible it's just it's just kind mm-hmm. of a funny like catchphrase for those guys to have and as you say i like that they didn't i like that they didn't belabor the red shirt joke too much they no just they, they, they just like, got it out of the way they did it right yeah. away and we're like that's that's the joke and just move yeah. on with this so that was what i was thinking they were going to move into something it reminded me strongly of remember the um I think you did the episode, the Valiant DS9 episode, the one where Jake and Nog find that ship full of kids that is trying to like win the war against the Dominion and they get blown up at the end. Yeah. So it's, it's like a ship full of kids. Their commanding officers were yes. killed or something. Yeah. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. It reminded me a little bit of that. I thought there was going to be a little yeah. bit more of like a tragedy yeah. to the ending of it, but that's that wasn't the way that this went. But as you're saying, and as we've been saying, I kept waiting for the red shirts to be put in a position where they had to actually be in command or something. Like it felt like it was like, well, it's waiting for them to actually become the thing that they want to be and it will backfire on them, but it doesn't, it does at the I ending guess, button joke. Yeah. I guess it, it, it kind of, the closest they get is that moment when they all just start making speeches and yeah. none of them actually takes any action. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I, I feel like there's, there's probably something else you do with them before you get to that point, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Spy humongous. Is this how you spell humongous or is this a pun on human? How's it spelled? It is H U M O N G O U S. So I thought it's not humongous is not H U M U N G. It's human Gus. And that's apparently spelled that's, correctly. That's that might be uh there might be too many too many layers in that sandwich. Well, I was I I, I thought there was going to be a Ferengi appearance in this one, but there is absolutely a lot not. of a lot of play to uh, the Quark franchise in this season. Yeah, apparently he's he's a bar he has a franchise bar system, and he also makes models of starships. Oh, um, he made their model. Is that where they they got that from? I yeah, I in the corner of the box it said Quarks on it. Okay, I did. <laughs> I did really like, I think probably my favorite joke in the first episode was when they get to the space station and uh, uh, Mariner says she used to live here. She points to the quarks and she goes, oh, they got a quarks. That used to just be an empty lot where kids would make mistakes, where yep. kids could go to make mistakes or something, <laughs> which is just, 
it's it's a it's just a, such a good joke because it's a space station. Yeah. So like an empty parking lot wouldn't exist. <laughs> Would is Quark capable of this level of success? Quark's a bad businessman, isn't my, he? My my theory is that Quark long ago had minimal franchise success and then sold his name. So he trumped for it the up. Quick, quick, yeah, for the quick buck. And now he is no longer involved with the conglomerate that his name has. He become. just takes a cut. He takes five percent of every maybe. brand deal or he something. Might, he might have been bought out. Like mm. it, it, maybe maybe Rom and Lita bought him out. Because <laughs> at DS Nine and DS Nine, Quark is still just on the station, right? He still has his bar just yeah. on the station. Rom becomes the Nagus and everything. Um, yeah, Quark was good at the shady bad deals, but he's not the he's not taking over the world with his business acumen i don't think uh, how did you feel about okana being the dj at the party it was okay that's fine yeah yeah that's it's yeah. there's another shelby's in that episode too lieutenant Ch- the borg uh, uh best of both worlds woman commander who challenges Riker. Oh. was was one of the guys supposed to be jellico is jellico ronnie cox yeah was one of the the, uh, the people there supposed to be him Probably or was. Is he, drawn is, like him. Is he is he disgraced or something? I don't remember where that that story ends. No, he he he's not disgraced. He, the the crew kind of no. He he leaves on good terms with everybody, and he's okay. He doesn't oh, he do does. anything okay. wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think one of them. I think one of them might have been might have supposed to have been Jellicoe. Draw, drawn like he, him. He talked. He's drawn like him, and he had that sort of Ronnie Cox like slight. Oh, I didn't even realize he accent. talked. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think he did. I could. I. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I think he had like a couple lines or something. I don't have anything else to say about this one, unless you, there are these two, unless you do. Um, I really enjoyed the giant screaming orange slug. It was an easy joke, but I thought it was funny. Yeah, this, anytime something screams like that, it's it's kind of yeah. funny. It, it always works. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we're done then. It's a short episode. It's Lower Ducks, Duplers, and Spy Humongous. The next couple episodes, do we have a title for them? I think we do. We're how many do we have left? Four. So we have two podcasts worth of it. Yeah. Okay. Where pleasant fountains lie, and then that's all we know. They haven't told us the next episode's name. What's uh? What is our plan? Are we are we covering Picard? We are right. Picard, not Discovery. So not Discovery is first. I think. You know, Disco- this is going to be the one season that Discovery is like really good. It's not going to happen. It, it's, I, not gonna it's, happen. Not, it's not going to. It's not going to happen. Have you seen that trailer? That trailer is I have. garbage. I would be. Should we do the the premiere? Should we just do the premiere and just to re, reaffirm the fact that we're making the right decision? No. Once we do it, then everyone will be like, "Well, you have know, to continue yeah. now," and I'll be miserable and pissed off about it. Um, yeah. I know people are going to try to tell me that it got better, but it's it's not going to happen. If if I start if like Zach Handlin starts writing like oh my god, the series has rectified itself. If I'm reading AV Club reviews and they're like everything that was wrong has been fixed in Discovery, I will consider yeah. going back and doing it. But when I see another C from Zach review and then another C and then another C, I go, there's nothing that's changed in the series whatsoever. That's fair, Picard. This is the last season of Picard we'll give a chance unless 
they say that Picard, as they've been saying from the start, is only going to be three seasons. Then I'll be like, well, if we watch sure. two, I might as well watch the last one and see how they close it out. But sure. Discovery could go for another 20 years. That's God it. willing. That's it for Star Trek Lower Decks. We got a couple episodes coming up next. We got Enterprise. We're alternating. And you know, I kind of want to just finish Enterprise, honestly. I just yeah. want to get through yeah. it and be like, we're done with Enterprise. Um, and Did you listen to any of that Bob Saget interview with Bacula? Just the clip that I saw. I retweeted the clip, clip but yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't listen to any of the actual uh, thing. Did he talk about? Did you listen? He's he's apparently I, all over I the place the because Quantum clip. Leap is going to be rebooted, or he's claiming that's the oh, case. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Sure. I mean, if you're going to reboot Quantum Leap, one of the first episodes is he leaps into. Bacula's body, right? Whoever it is that they right, yeah, uh, they the take new leaper, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would have to imagine that would be the case. I was, re- I never watched that show. I was reading the um, the synopsis of the finale, and it sounded kind of sad to me. I don't. Did you? Did you, did you ever? Did you know I that vaguely, show? I I never really watched it. I vaguely remember n- knowing how it ends. How, what he what never it? gets what to go home. He just keeps leaping and it just like it ends yeah. on that note of like he's just going to keep going and maybe that's hopeful. Maybe that's sad at the same time. I was a little bit surprised. It's one of those. It was a network show that wasn't aware it was going to be canceled, you know, so they wrote like oh, a sure, sort of sure. generic ending and see what happens. And then it It's not like uh, not like Alf right. where it ends in a cliffhanger with him getting captured by the United States government. <laughs> Or dinosaurs, which is literally ends with the Ice Age showing up, yeah, yeah. murdering and killing everybody. How many seasons of Alf were there? Were there like two? Probably. Great question. That's a tough one. Yeah, I feel like that might either be a, a a couple seasons or maybe like seven or something. Yeah, it's it's one of those two. I could be. I would be. I would be shocked by either one because I feel like there are a million different Alf seasons, but there's probably only thirteen episodes of four. Alf. There's four. Four episode, four seasons, one hundred and two episodes. Wow, maybe that's you know even what? more than I thought. That makes sense because a hundred episodes is the threshold for syndication. Yeah, for syndication money. Yeah, yeah. So even even <laughs> the creator ran out of gas in the the end of the first season. He's like, we got to keep we got to keep pumping out Alf episodes, guys. What, is just, this, what kind of how many cats can this thing eat? The first the first question on Google. You know how they have like questions you can click on now. It says, why did Alf get canceled? And the answer is, Alf was canceled because of what it was about. Since the alien could only interact with members of his own family, there was a limited number of storylines that writers could create with that small cast of characters. Alf could never go out, so it made things very difficult. Just because he's an alien that can't be seen, I'm assuming? Is that the reason? Yeah, he yeah. could never leave the house. So what, how many how many stories can you tell where, where he does not leave the house? It's true. It's very true. Maybe we'll do Alf on a podcast instead of Lower Decks. Alf. <laughs> what a what, man. what a crazy yeah, show. I, <laughs> <laughs> what a what a product of you know, there was a certain period in, in all media across time where it's like you could just throw anything out there and it would become a hit. Like it happened in the the mid nineties with comics where like even the the the, the dumbest yeah. books were selling like half a million comedy, copies comedy every month. Comedy of the eighties, yeah, just yeah, doing garbage and getting paid for it. And the, you got the syndication, the syndication era, sitcom era of the eighties, and you've got Alf or uh, <laughs> was it was it Little Wonder, the one about little, the girl, little the, Wonder, the, yeah, the twelve year old girl who was a robot. <laughs> 
<laughs> her father built her at a fa- stole her from a factory or something. Yeah. Yeah. And turned her into a maid. Yeah. You could just whatever. Give it a shot. Yeah, it's ep- just a TV show all about how Charles is in charge. Yep. <laughs> of what? It depends. Who's the boss? <clears throat> who can tell? Who can tell who the boss is? <laughs> There's probably only one season of Who's the Boss, too, but I feel like I saw a billion episodes oh, of that I, show. I bet there's I'm going to I'm going to say 5. I'll say 6. Uh, I'll do prices right rules. Great episode of the show we're doing here. 8. 8. That's a lot. Was Tony Danza in all seasons? I think so. Was Mona in all seasons? Mona. Let's see. Uh this is what this is what people come to this show for. Who's the Us who's Googling the female? Who's 80s. the girl? Didn't she turn into something? Was that was that like <coughs> um, the girl? The was younger Alyssa girl Milano? was Alyssa, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. yeah. Okay. the The main cast was in all 196 episodes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then you've got a well, you've got a, a Golden Girls, which. That was After actually Beyonce pretty good, did, though, right? Wasn't Golden Girls? Golden Girls was great. Yeah, Golden Girls was Golden Girls funny. was legitimately good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when B. Arthur left after they did like seven seasons or something, they decided to spin it off into a show where all of them run a hotel. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and uh, it's called Golden Palace, and it's about they they somehow become the the owners of a hotel in Miami that they now have to run, and Don Cheadle's actually in it. Don Cheadle, Really? Wow. Yeah, it's one of his first roles. It's yeah. a one season thing. I ex- I understand. I would expect. I think so. I think maybe two. It's like Joey, the Joey spinoff of Friends. Well, while you look that up, I'll wrap up stuff here. We're done. Thank you for listening to our Lower Decks and random sitcoms. Yes, one of the, season. One season. Random sitcoms of one the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for our next show, next big inspiration. But let us know what you thought about Lower Decks. <laughs> I'm just eh. Just eh on Lower Ducks. Mm. It's fine. Um, I'm honestly, my I'm more, I, we're in the season four of Enterprise now. I'm actually more interested when the Enterprise episodes come up. Like, I'm more interested in what the Enterprise episodes could be than what Lower Decks ever turns out to be. Mostly because yeah. we're in the middle of that, um, you know, it's not to, spo- not to spoil anything, but we had a lot of thoughts about the Soong and Augment arc, but I felt at least there was something there even if it wasn't a rip-roaring success, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm in, I've been enjoying Lower Decks. It's... Uh, yeah, I think you're more you know, positive I, on it I, than I am. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's doing well what it's supposed to do. Like, it's... I would agree. It's a half-hour... Yeah. yeah, it's a half-hour show that I can watch and get a couple chuckles out of while I eat dinner. Yes. Um, yeah. and my girlfriend really likes it. She likes it a lot. Yeah. I think because it is, it does tend to have a more positive spin at the end of the stories this is interesting i Um, i sit down maybe i should eat dinner or something while while doing this but like i sit down and i like i watch it you know i'm not to say mm -hmm. that you're not watching it but you have it on as kind of like something that's on as you're doing something else you know what i mean like you i'm i'm sitting there and like intent on it and i wonder if that's a difference i wonder if i if i wonder if you're supposed to watch this while eating dinner you know what i mean if it's that kind of a thing just like yeah maybe i'll give it a whirl Order a pizza, yeah. watch Lower Decks, <laughs> <laughs> and come back on and say it's the greatest thing ever. I don't care what you made for dinner, honey. I'm getting a pizza. It's Lower Decks night. <laughs> Kids, come sit down watch this show. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I guess maybe that the final thought is that that's the problem with it. Like, if I'm if I'm trying to turn Lower Decks into a show that works well on this podcast, it probably doesn't fit that mold. It's I don't mm-hmm. know if it's meant for that kind of critical analysis. I hit the keyboard there accidentally, got very scared, we stopped recording, but it seems to still be working. Um, I guess I, that's fair. It's I don't think this show is bad. I don't know if it's for me, really, all that much, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Who's the boss? Martin Cohen, Blake Hunter created it, 1984. Thank you very much. Well, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that those are two names that I haven't heard. Yeah, you think I'm sure that, they've? You know, I'm sure they've done other stuff, but they're probably billionaires from Who's the Boss? Mind. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you know who wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song? Uh, Bob Dylan. Chuck Lorre. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, creator of uh, Cougar Town and uh, Two and a Half Men. Let's see, Two and a Half Men. Yeah, well, that's sitcom emperor Chuck Lorre. Well, that's where the Friends people, the Friends creators, get the credits for creating the show, and they also wrote the song for it. Really? They just raked in money from anything they did with wow. that with that show. It's did just, they? Yeah. Did they design the font too? Maybe. <laughs> What if we take comic stands but make it edgier? They might have. I mean, that's Put just, some different colored dots in between all the letters. That's just crazy amounts of money that those guys made. Yeah. So good yeah. for them. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much for listening to our coverage of Lower Decks. We'll be back with more Enterprise. Patreon.com slash file if you want to support the show there. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? If I was that successful at any one thing, you probably would never hear from me ever again. At writing like, jingles the, or just like creating TV shows? If I was one of the creators of Friends. Yeah. What else? Oh, you mean professionally? Wait, what am I gonna, like not, not in the context of the podcast, but like you would never no. you would never continue doing anything else after that, you mean? No. Like what am I going to do? Another show? Right. Yeah. I don't For what? <laughs> <laughs> I just created the the one of the most successful shows in the history of television. What, what the hell am I going to do next? Well, that's the, uh, you know, as I'm getting older and parents are getting older and everything like that, um, people are getting into retirement age. The one thing that I find more terrifying than anything is people who don't want to retire because they don't know what they would do with themselves, which I find insane that you have no hobby or anything that you would want to do full time. Not even, you don't even have to do it. You'd be retired. You'd be like, I could feel I go want to go fishing today. That's all I want to do. Why don't you go do that? Yeah. I just know numerous people our parents' age who are just like, What am I not gonna work? Am I not gonna fill in papers all day? It's like, go read a book. <laughs> go do something else. Just- yeah, yeah. Go listen to uh Rotten Horror Picture Show. We just we just covered Phantasm. Yeah. Which uh it's a movie I do not like. Rent, rent, so that's, a, that's a fun listen. <laughs> and you've watched it five times, so you're sure that you, had, you don't like it. At this point. I've only I've only watched it three times. And if you've listened to the episode, I will say since then, since the recording of the episode, I have I have since watched Phantasm two. Also not good. Okay. So I've seen all of them, and I do not. I just don't care for that series at all. As just a, jump to as the end. Series. The last one came out in like 2016 or something, right? Same. Yeah. Guy. It well. It, yeah, it's um, it, the amount of continuity on display in that series is actually kind of shocking, um, <laughs> and so much of it is all messed up and weird because of 
rights issues and stuff. Like mm-hmm. the reason that part two is ne- is never streaming anywhere is because it's owned by Universal, I think, and the other ones are all owned by a th- like a small like a smaller distribution company, I think. Yeah. And so, even in part three, like they recast everything. Like uh, they recast the the kid. Uh, sorry. In part two, they recast the kid. And in part three, they recast him again with the original kid because part two, Universal didn't want the original kid. Oh. And so, like, it's all that kind of bullshit. And, you know, like, they use some footage, but they can't use all the footage. You know, it's all that kind of shit. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's just a great film franchise that I, I really enjoy. Written by Chuck Lorre. Um, <laughs> written by Chuck Lorre. Yes. <laughs> one, one franchise that I do actually really enjoy is Friday the 13th, which we are covering on Patreon, yep. Amanda and myself. Yep. Yep. And uh, with October coming up, I think we're going to do some. I, I think I'm going to. I haven't told her this yet, but I think we might do like a live stream uh, coverage of Halloween Kills, which comes out, um, I think, the 13th, I think. Oh, this is the, the new movie. Yeah. Yeah, the 15th or something like that. Because uh, I don't think it's going to end up on our list, so I figure, well, we watched the last one. What the hell? Let's do a live stream and talk about it or something. Sure. And for the Patreon, I'm sure it'll be Halloween themed stuff. So if you guys are interested yeah. in even more Halloween stuff, you can't get enough stuff in October that's about Halloween. You can go to the Patreon as well. I'll probably we were talking about this code. I'll probably release last year's Halloween Patreon stuff because it's been a year, and we might as well just mm-hmm. throw it out on the channel so you guys can look forward to that too. It would be the the platform we did, and, uh, which is a Spanish horror sci fi movie, and then um, Genesis. We covered Genesis with uh, TNG's Genesis with Amanda. She came on for that one. Right, that's right. We did. Yep. So I'll release those, and then there'll be new Halloween content. That's it. We're done. Patreon.com slash the Pal if you want to support the show. Otherwise, we're done. Lower Decks Enterprise continue. Enterprise will soon be taking on every single week after we're done with Lower Decks in the next two episodes. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you later.